all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, developmental and behavioral pediatrician and professor emeritus at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Now you're an adult, but does your parents still try to treat you like a child? And parents, do you sense your adult adult child bristle when you try to give sage advice? And then there are those family gatherings where siblings are desperately trying to keep the pecking order from childhood. Today, we'll talk about how you can make some needed changes in your family dynamics. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Confirmation hearings for Donald Trump's cabinet nominees have begun. Republican Senator Jeff Sessions of Alabama is taking heat from Senate Democrats for his record on immigration and civil rights. NPR's Elsa Chang reports that Sessions is expected to be confirmed along straight party lines. Senate Democrats say they've been hearing a torrent of opposition to the nomination of Jeff Sessions to become the next attorney general. Much of the focus has been on his career as U.S. attorney in Mobile, Alabama in the 1980s, when he allegedly made racially insensitive remarks and unsuccessfully prosecuted three black civil rights workers for voter fraud. Sessions said he conducted himself honorably and properly during that time. I did not harbor the kind of animosities and race-based discrimination ideas that were uh, I was accused of. I did not. In his defense, Sessions points to his vigorous prosecution of the KKK in Alabama. Democrats say they're also concerned with Sessions' reluctance to protect LGBT rights. Elsa Chang, NPR News, the Capitol. President Obama gives his farewell speech in Chicago tonight. NPR's Cheryl Corley reports the president leaves office in 10 days. President Obama will give his speech at Chicago's McCormick Place, the same place he held his victory rally in 2012. Obama said he chose to return to his adopted hometown for this address to the nation because it's where he got his political start. The president is expected to talk about his administration administration's accomplishments while also looking forward. NPR Cheryl Corley reporting from Chicago. Israeli soldiers say they shot dead a Palestinian assailant who attempted to stab troops at a refugee camp in the West Bank. NPR's Joanna Kakissis has more from Jerusalem. The Israeli military said that soldiers raided the Farah refugee camp in the northern part of the occupied West Bank late last night. A military spokesman said that during the raid, 32-year-old Mohammed al-Sahi charged at soldiers with a knife. They said they ordered him to stop. He did not, and soldiers shot him. On Sunday, a Palestinian man rammed his truck into a Jerusalem promenade filled with young army recruits and officers, killing four of them and injuring at least 17. Since 2015, at least 40 Israelis and 231 Palestinians have died in a wave of violence. Israel says most of the Palestinians were assailants. Joanna Kikissis, NPR News, Jerusalem. 
The outgoing Secretary of State warns that a, quote, factless environment where policy is made on Twitter looms. Speaking at a conference in Washington, Secretary of State John Kerry said a lack of education and the spread of misinformation, especially online, threatened what he called authoritarian populism that threatens the international order. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 50, the Nasdaq up 31. This is NPR News. The Labor Department reports that job postings rose 1.3 percent in November to 5.5 million. At the same time, the number of Americans quitting their jobs also rose to 3.1 million. Analysts say this shows job gains and wagers are poised to rise. Tobacco use continues to grow in low- and middle-income parts of the world, even as smoking rates drop dramatically in many wealthier countries. NPR's Jason Bobian has more on the costs of tobacco. A new report from the National Cancer Institute and the World Health Organization estimates that the annual global cost of tobacco use is more than a trillion dollars. The report finds smoking claims 6 million lives a year and could kill roughly 8 million people a year by 2030. This makes tobacco one of the leading causes of death on the planet. Tobacco use is now concentrated and growing in some of the poorest parts of the globe. Of the world's roughly 1 billion smokers, 80% of them are in low- and middle-income countries. Use of chewing tobacco is also expanding predominantly in Southeast Asia. The report says anti-smoking drives have proven highly effective, but it notes that less than 1% of the billions of dollars in annual cigarette taxes go to prevention campaigns. Jason Bobian. NPR News. Torrential rain has led officials in California to open the gates of the Sacramento Weir Dam for the first time in more than 10 years. The dam has been in operation for a century, and it's designed to allow water to spill from the Sacramento River after levels hit close to 30 feet. I'm Luis Schiavone, NPR News, Washington. Support for NPR comes from Avalara, tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Avalara works to simplify sales tax and other business taxes with real-time rates and automatic filing at avalara.com, A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. This is Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. And now, Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Welcome. Good to have you here on this um, warming up day in Jackson, Mississippi and across the state. So today we're talking about relationships as an adult. And you're an adult now, but do you feel like sometimes your parents still treat you like a child? And parents, do you sense that your adult child maybe asks for advice, but then bristles when you give what you think is sage advice, but maybe something they don't agree with? And then what about those family gatherings where your adult siblings are desperately trying to keep the pecking order that was there from childhood? 
How bothersome is that? Does it happen to you? Today, I want to talk about how you can make some needed changes in your family dynamics if some of this is going on, or maybe if you're just trying to make sure that you're doing the right thing when you interact with your older parents as an adult or you older parents as you're trying to to talk and interact and come up with a new relationship with your now adult children. How do you let go of feeling like you have to always be that caretaker? How do you let go of thinking that your child should continue to think the way you think they should think? Um, Our brains change, our brains mature as we get older, and we become much more capable than we were at, say, 10, 12, 15, or even 18. But by the time you're in your 20s, um, we figure that brain is fully mature, right? Um, We believe that we as um, now adults are able to make our decisions. So how do you restructure the family dynamics to make it work better? I'd love to hear from you about some of your thoughts or some of your perhaps problems on um, dealing with this as you've grown older, either as that adult child or that parent of those adult children. Or the sibling order, which the pecking order say that oldest child continues to think that they should be the boss of everyone. Or that young child who feels like, gosh, they really don't have to do anything because they're the baby and everybody else should take care of them. I think some of those things happen fairly frequently. Let's hear your stories. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. So, you know, this is one of those topics that I I really believe we all deal with. There's not a person out there that has not been a child at one point. And there's not likely a person out there who, as an adult, felt like someone, some family member, um, perhaps a sibling or a parent, has talked down to them as if they still don't know what's uh, going on. But the honest truth is when you reach your your 20s, um, at some point there needs to be a balance between um, you and your parents. And it may seesaw back and forth, um, but you have to come up with what proper boundaries sh- should be there. Um, how do you not overstep as a parent? Um, or how do you not overstep as a child? How do you maintain respect for your parents and your elders, um, but still become your own person and set those boundaries to make sure that you are allowed to be who you want to be and who you are? So, um And um, a couple of people, in fact, several people have written on this, but um, there's a a writer who um, wrote a book entitled, When Will My Grown-Up Kid Grow Up? And um, that was Todd Wright. And he was was just... um, 
writing in the vision of an, a parent who now has a grown child and and how do you let go and how do you make sure that they're really grown up and ready for you to let go so in some surveys that he did in preparing for that book he said 75 percent of parents say that their current relationship with their adult children is better now than it had been when their kids were 15. Well, that's not a big surprise, is it? It's kind of a no-brainer. At 15, um, that's when the teenagers are really working hard to figure out who they are. Peers are more important than parents. Many times they're pushing the boundaries and trying to figure out um, who. But um, And so, of course, things evolve. Um, but even when you have a good relationship with grown-up kids, there are certainly some pitfalls that are out there, um, like parents giving unsolicited advice um, or um, trying to protect their kids from harm and, in reality, um, not communicating with them when they really should be. Um Also, grown kids can be pretty frustrating adult friends to their parents because I think sometimes um, kids who are adults um, don't always put parents at the top of their priority list when it comes to responding via communication. So there might be a time when a parent texts or calls and that child doesn't return that call when they might um, return a call to a friend. So why is that? Is it because there's not that respect? Is it because perhaps the communication is not always comfortable? Is it because there perhaps is just not the time? So so it, it, where where is our priority and and where should it be? So when there are issues out there, how do you deal with them and how do you communicate with them? So back to my original question, do you feel like that you as a parent of adult children sometimes don't get the respect you wish you would? Do you feel like you try to treat your adult child as an adult, but they continue to act childlike when they're around you? Or do you as a sibling feel like you have siblings who keep you in that same middle child spot or that same youngest child spot that you were in? And if so, how have you tried to work with that? And and do you feel like there's a way to make that change? Or have you essentially given up? So want to hear from you. We've got lots of questions thrown out there. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 or you can send an email to org. I got another interesting question. Okay, Jay. Uh, and this one, uh, I'm presenting it from uh, both the adult and the adult child. Yes. Uh, the adult parent, I should say. Um as a as an adult parent of an adult child, how many times have you seen them interacting with their children 
and wanted to get in, get involved. <laughs> uh, that's about the most basic ten thousand foot view terminology oh, as I could find for it. And then at the same time, for the adult child raising their own kids, how many times has uh, your your how many times have your parents jumped in? when you didn't necessarily need them to. Nor want them to. Right. And it, it goes both ways, I would imagine. Yeah. Ooh, Jay, you brought up a question, and I'm going to have to give you full disclosure to the audience. I think many of you who listen know that um, I have nine grandchildren. I have five children. We have a very busy family, and I'm a developmental behavioral pediatrician. So I've done it for over 30 years now, um, practiced rather. And so I'm pretty sure that I've given that unsolicited advice pretty often. (laughs) (laughs) I probably, it would be a too numerous to count number. And I have a feeling one of my children, if they're listening, may call in on that one. So um, I appreciate that question, Jay. You may be getting me in a lot of trouble, though. Well, we have some callers already. I'm very happy with that. Let's go on to the phones. Judy and South Jackson. Judy, you have some comments about an adult child bogged down in some well, issues? Hi, Dr. Buttress. I always enjoy your calm voice and your sage advice all the time. Oh, thank you. Just, just this particular morning, I am having an issue being the adult child, oldest of four, uh-huh. and the only one, the only broken one that's taking care of the 88-year-old mama oh. who needs me six times a day, and it's just exhausting and I try to look out for her best interest in her health. Right. And she uh, just blows that off and tells me when her next appointment with the next doctor is, and I'm just exhausted. And frustrated. I hear it in your voice. Yeah. Judy, let me ask you a question. Why are you the only one taking care of your mother? Because well, I'm the only fool who stayed in South Jackson this long. The rest <laughs> of them scattered to the surrounding counties. <laughs> Judy, I, I, uh, you are not the only person in this boat who is out there. And, and I can tell you, I... I have um, a mother who needs care now, and so I certainly understand that. I am lucky enough to have uh, two other siblings in town who are also helping. But even with that, sometimes it can be very difficult and exhausting. And um, I heard also you note that you have this parent who needs help with driving, I guess, and I don't know how um, how mentally aware she is, but it sounds like you're feeling that you're not thanked when you're helping. Is that correct? There is not that so much uh-huh. as it is the feeling that somebody else needs to pick up a part of this load. Right. Okay. It doesn't need to be all on me, but that's how it's been for about five years now. Judy. All on me. I'm sorry. That's okay. I I probably should just go ahead and hang up. 
Judy, um, you can hang up, certainly, if if you feel like you need to do that. But let me talk to you um, before you stop listening. I don't want you to stop listening to the show. Okay. Thank you, Judy. Listen, let me tell you a couple of things. First of all, um, hopefully your siblings don't understand how burdened you are. This is the first thing that I would do is... Uh, get calm and decide that you have got to get some help with this. Um, you need to perhaps write your thoughts down before you call anybody about this, but you need to communicate to your other siblings that you need some help and you need a break. And um, because they don't live close, um, they may not be able to do it every day, but they need to each take a day or each take a week when they are helping with certain things. You need to come up with a schedule, and then you need to let them know that you are exhausted, you need some help, you love your mother, you want to help, but they have got to kick in to help you out. So it's all about communication, and you can be direct without being angry. So what I would heartily recommend is that you write down your thoughts Take a look at them, decide how you need to go about this, and call the sibling who you think will be the most receptive first and let them know where you are so that you can then get that person behind you to help with the other two. And then remind everybody that for you to continue to be able to help, you've got to remain healthy yourself. And right now you sound like you are not where you need to be to remain healthy. This kind of stress is damaging, not just to your mental health, but also to your physical health. We talk about that all the time. So, Judy, um, that is my advice to you. There are also some other entities out there who can come in and help um, meals on wheels their transportation issues you can look into so i would get online and look at other helps that you can get through um, uh, public service or either through your church um, so i hope that helped judy thank you for your call and and again i know there are lots of people out there who are in the same boat um, let's go on to our next caller. We have um, John Parker in Jackson. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. You have you have some questions about a grown son? Well, yeah, I just kind of wanted to tell you uh, my situation and maybe uh, get your advice on it here. I have uh, two wonderful sons, and my uh, oldest son uh, lives in Florida. Um, he um, is living with a young lady, a beautiful, fine young lady. Um, but the problem is when they come home um, in my house, uh, my wife feels like since they're not married, they can't stay together. They can't uh, stay in a bedroom in our house because they're not married. And that's just the way she feels. Um, and my son feels like even though they're not married, he basically feels like this is his wife. So when they come to visit, my wife offered my son he can stay in his old room, but his girlfriend and wife can't stay, or else they can get a hotel room. And this has been going on for a couple of years, and it really bothers my son and his um, pseudo-wife. Right. I'm kind of caught in the middle. I, I tell my son, uh, this is how your mother feels. This is our house. 
then we're going to uh, respect her her feelings like that. And she's not mean or vindictive in any kind of way. It's just kind of her her beliefs that a man and woman who are not married cannot share a, a room or a house or something like that. And I'm a little wow. more liberal, and I, I and my son is grown. And my my wife says, talk to your son, tell him, explain to him. Well, he's 20 right. years old. And it, it just really causes me a lot of heartache. I'm kind of in between. But yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, and I told myself, as much as I love him and the young lady, I'm not going to disrespect or go against my wife's wishes. Yeah. Well, John. I don't personally share them or agree with them here. Uh-huh. And my son is, is such a fine young man. He respects, he doesn't agree with, and it causes him a great deal of heartache, but he doesn't. Um, he he won't stay here. He'll he'll come. They'll come and visit. Right to a, to a hotel. But kind of what's your your take on this? Yeah, John. Um, gosh, this is um, an By the issue. Way, Doctor Doctor Butchers took her coat off to answer this one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we like that pseudo wife term. So he's got a significant other who he lives with, sleeps with sleeps in the same bedroom with but when he comes to visit you um, he's not allowed to do that because your wife disagrees with that uh, living arrangement so you know that's a difficult situation I uh, my question to your wife is uh, what does she think she's accomplishing um, I don't I don't think she's really thinking through this completely because she's really not accomplishing anything other than maintaining what she believes to be right. And I guess she believes that if you are not married, you should not be sleeping with someone. But that's already gone. That horse is out of the barn, right? That is done. So, yeah. My wife is such a moral person. She believes even if the whole world and everybody else is doing it wrong, if she believes a certain thing then she's going to live it in a lot of ways i admire her stand on that although it's not accomplishing anything she knows it causes heartache and i i believe it even bothers her but she believes very strongly uh she's always been very moral very um right um, religious person and this is just how she is yeah i'm not i'm not going to ask her to change even though i've told her I would never say it in front of my son or his girlfriend, but I said, I don't agree with you, but this is our house, and if you feel this way, I'm not going to allow him, and I explain that to my son. And John, what def- I... Yeah, what I would suggest, John, is that you sit down with your wife again and go over this again and find out if she really is it just now that she can't let go of it is this really something that she would like to change because this is certainly I don't know how long this has been going on but if it's gone on for two or three years then it's likely that um, your son is really entrenched in this relationship he loves this woman and he plans to 
stay with her. And it may be that the fact that your wife is saying not until you're married is pushing them apart from getting married. So I I don't, this again, this is all has to do with your moral and your religious beliefs. And I understand where your wife is coming from, but this is a prime example of trying to impart your own beliefs and your own morals on your now adult children. Um, That's done once a child is out of the home. You are done with your parenting duties. So to try to make big changes now is probably not going to be productive in any way. So the only thing your wife is accomplishing is making sure that they never stay in your home together. So again, communication, I would sit down and talk with your wife again about this. Certainly you're right not to argue in front of anybody about this. It would it would be demeaning to her. And it sounds like you love her and you respect her her thoughts and ideas, but I would plead with her to to let this go at this point um, if you feel like it's been somewhat damaging to the relationship. Interesting. Thanks for your call. Jay's telling me that we need to take our first break. We We've got some other callers on the line. Wait for us. John and Bobby will be right back. This is Relatively Speaking. We're talking about um, adult relationship with your parents um, or parents' relationships with their adult children. Or then what about your siblings as adults? Has that changed at all? How are your family dynamics? Um, this is Relatively Speaking. We'd like to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be right back. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. As President Obama makes his farewell address, we are looking back at some of his earliest appearances on NPR in the early 1990s. I'm very interested in uh, figuring out ways to foster dialogue between uh, the private sector and the public sector, between blacks and whites, I'm Kelly McEvers, remembering Barack Obama from the NPR archives. Later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments... Call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about relationships with adult children and their parents. 
or siblings' um, relationships as an adult. And my questions have been, um, now that you're an adult, do you feel like your parent still tries to tell you what to do, treat you like a child? Parents, do you sense that your adult child, though they still want support, in some ways bristle when you try to give advice that you know is good or you think that is good? So where are you with that? We'd love to hear from you. Um, We've had some great calls already, and I know um, a couple of those calls have generated some questions. So you give us a call and let us hear what you have to say at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're going to go on back to the phones. Uh, let's see. We have John in Shaw. Um, John, good morning. Are you there? Oh, let's see. Maybe, John, are you on line three? Hello? Hello. John, this is, is John. This John. John. Hey. Good morning. Sorry, we had a little snap. Hey, we, we accidentally hung up on Bobby. If he can call us back, we'll get him right, right back in, uh, in place there. Okay, Bobby in Biloxi, give us a call back. But, John, tell us what your call is about today. Okay, my call is about I was driving between Cleveland and Greenville and had a good solid hour to kill, and I thought I'd kill it with you. Oh. So that's why I called. <laughs> you, and, 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 you know, and I, Thank you. I mean, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of input, but one thing, one thing about the caller that you just had, actually the last couple of callers, John, I know his wife is probably a Christian lady. God bless her. Right, and right. She, and, and a lot of Christians feel like, that if you allow something to happen happen inside your bubble, that you're condoning it. And actually, the Bible's real clear on hate the sin, love the sinner. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, I don't think that she's really going to be able to ever establish a good relationship with her son un- until she does realize that she doesn't necessarily condone his actions with this lady. She's just saying, I love you. Please, you're welcome. This is my home. You're my son. Uh, I think that she would probably win, you know, him over just by doing that. And more than likely, they'll probably wind up getting married if they're not already common law married. Wow. Well said. Actually, um, I I love the way you put it. And I hope that he's still listening um, because I think you actually said it better than I. And and you're absolutely right. I, I think that um, his wife is um, has values and morals and um, has decided that this is not what she wishes. But again, like like I said earlier, she's probably, she's not going to change her son's mind at this point. So it doesn't necessarily because she accepts them in their home means that she's condoning it. So thank you. Those are excellent words of wisdom. Now may I share my take on Judy's call? Yes. I think Judy misses a really, and and I I hope she embraces this. I hope she's listening too. A lot of times people get trapped by, and I mentioned bubble, but she's in a bubble of caretaking. Mm -hmm. Her other Mm -hmm. other siblings are outside the bubble, and they're in their own bubble, out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. she doesn't she doesn't realize that she should take as a compliment. Her siblings are very aware that their mother is well taken care of because of Judy. 
that Judy is actually getting compliments by their not participating. Now, yes, she should go to them and say, I need your help. I, I know you guys haven't been uh, in the care providing uh, sector of our lives, but, but I'm exhausted. It's, it's hurting my health. And it's really, it, it, it's making mom question how much you care about her right. by, by you, your, lack, your lack of presence in her life. Right. So, but I do think that Judy's missing the point that they're complimenting her by trusting her. That's a, a very positive twist on it, and I, I agree. You're likely very right, but when you're in the throes of feeling like you're exhausted and burdened, it's hard to feel like it's a compliment. It feels like a cop-out from the others. And so I I hear what you're saying, and you're likely correct, but again, like like you agreed with me, Judy needs to reach out to those siblings and and um, ask for help. People don't know that you need help until you ask for it. Now, that's really hard to do sometimes, but it's an important um, thing to learn is that when you need it, instead of asking people to read your mind, I think women are, are worse at this than men are. Men, women expect you to read their mind and know what they need. And so instead of doing that, reach out, ask for the help, be very specific about what you want, and and then likely you'll get it. And be careful with your words because a lot of times people feel as if you're, you're kind of jumping on them when actually all you're doing is reaching out for help. Right. Don't say you never help. I'm always the one doing everything. Those absolutes are very destructive in in conversation, trying to work something out. But say, I'm calling to tell you that mom's doing fine. Um, I feel like I'm at a point, though, where I need a break. Do you think you can give me a break here and to talk about what you need? Yes. And if they say no, here's something else that works real well in life, and I realized this years ago, is uh, always remember to accept the things you can't change, change the things you can, and to know the difference. That's something that we all need to live by. Thanks exactly. so much for your call. I appreciate you listening, killing Thank your you. hour with us today. All right, bye-bye. Oh, Bobby in Biloxi called back. Bobby, thanks for being persistent. You have some comments about the previous caller. Uh, yes, ma'am. Good morning. Um, I thoroughly enjoy your show, first and foremost. Thank um, you. I'm a salesman, so persistence is kind of my thing. Um, but it was for Judy. Uh, I just wanted to tell her that my heart goes out to her. Uh, I was in that same position for about... 10 years. Yeah, exactly. We're going on 11 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to handle my father's ailments uh, at the start of 16. Uh, I didn't have anybody I could turn to because my siblings were out uh, either in the military or in college or out of state where mm-hmm. they reside. So I literally had nobody to lean on. Now, I, I'm not sure if her situation or in personal matters but the out that i found was close friends of the family that knew my dad Mm -hmm. that knows my dad very well that knows me very well and was very aware of the situation as unlikely as it was i called on them and they came 
at the drop of a dime uh, almost every time. So wonderful. Not, it, it may not just be a sibling that you can reach out to. It can be a very close colleague or a longtime friend of the family who you can also reach out to. That's really good advice, and that's exactly uh, what what one should do if they end up in a situation. I applaud you for being able to think through the process instead of letting it take you down to reach out and ask for help. And there are likely people around for every single one of us if if we need help, if you learn to reach out and ask. I I think that, unfortunately, many of us sit back and can watch not even realizing what's going on with somebody else that can be a very difficult situation without reaching out and and saying um, specifically I am going to do this for you I've heard many times from people in need that they wish instead of people saying I'm here whenever you need me give me a call um, and ask for help if they would just say okay I'm coming over I'm sitting with your father for um, Saturday so you can have the whole day off and run errands that you need. So maybe when you reach out to others, be very specific. Sometimes that's helpful. But for those listening who need help with adult parents or with some other issue, feel Feel like it's appropriate, know that it's appropriate to make a call, to reach out, to go to your church, to go to your club, to to go to your neighbor and say, I need help. So, Bobby, thank you for your call and reminding us that we need to do that. And You're uh, very welcome. Uh, one last farewell comment uh, to Judy is keep your head up as overwhelming and as stressful as it is. Uh, I know personally um, that as rough as it may seem now, eventually it will level out and smooth out for you. And what cannot be prevented must be endured. And as long as you keep your head up and looking forward, uh, those solutions will come. Great advice, Bobby. Thank you. It sounds like you've worked through things very well. Thanks for your call. Thanks for listening and keep listening. Judy, I hope you're listening out there. Okay, let's go to Molly in Olive Branch. Molly's been very patient with us, Molly. (laughs) Yes, good morning. Good morning. Tell us what you have an adult child living Oh, well, I am the um, adult child, and I currently live with my mother, uh-huh. um, and we have a very close relationship, and things have been going well, but there, I am still treated like more of a child than an adult, mm-hmm. um, and I try to be respectful of her household, um, but it, it does get kind of difficult when I need my own space and my own privacy, so... I was calling to maybe just get some advice with that. What are some good ways to set some appropriate boundaries? Very, very good question. Let me ask you a few questions, Molly. So you're living with your mother. Was that just something that y'all both agreed on, or was uh, there some um, situation that created it so that you had to live together? Um, Well, when I um, graduated from college, um, my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. So um, I moved in. Um, and so I've been living at home for a few years, um, and, you know, things have been going well, 
Um, but that would be the main reason why I'm still home. So you are working, you have a yes, job. I am. Yeah. So um I think the the very first thing that I would suggest that you do, Molly, is sit down and talk with your mother. Um, if if there are there some very specific issues um, where your mother will um, sort of tell you what you should buy or tell you um, what your curfew should be or something like more, that um, more questioning you know where are you going how late will you be you know oh well, you should come home earlier than that um you know just yeah. more of like a teenager type relationship right you know what i would do molly is set boundaries and and really you you need to what you mm-hmm. need to do is sit down with your mother and say, Mom, I love you so much, and and I know that you worry about me because Molly, I'll tell you, with my my adult kids, they're all getting older, and I still worry about them on a daily basis, even when I can't do anything about it. None of none of them live with me now, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure I still bug my children um, about their safety. <laughs> so, so sit down with her um, and set some boundaries. Say, Mom, I love you, but remember um, however old you are, and um, I'm an adult. I'm going to take good care of myself and I promise you I will work hard to keep myself safe. I don't want you worrying about me. That means that um, please don't give me an opinion about when you think I should come in and come out. I would I would get fairly specific so she'll understand mm-hmm. what you're talking about, but only do it. Um, it sounds like you have a really good relationship with her. I would do it um, over a cup of tea or coffee um, when you're you're both. Um, just trying to share, but I would carve out some time and not spring it on her. I would carve out some time and say, Mom, I would really like for us to sit down and talk about uh, the living arrangements and making sure that uh, you're comfortable with me still being here and letting you know what I feel like we need to do to make sure this relationship stays as positive as it is now. So maybe preface it with something really positive mm-hmm. and then say, um, you know, Mom, I, though I love you and I know you're worried about me, you really don't need to tell me when I need to come in or where is it's appropriate for me to go. I understand you have an opinion, but, and I would move on like that. The same thing goes for um, other advice, like spending money or buying items or, or whatever. Um, Make sure you choose your battles. You can validate your mother's feelings. Again, like I said, make sure that she knows that you understand that she still loves you so much. She lost her husband. You lost your father. So people who have lost a significant other are often um, 
a little bit overprotective because they're terrified of losing someone else that is dear to them. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind, and you can validate her feelings with that at the same time setting up those boundaries. Awesome. Did that help some? Yes, definitely. Thank you very much. Good, Molly. Thanks for your call. And and I, I hope that helped others listening out there who have those. Uh, there, there are a lot of young adults now living with their parents for various reasons. And so those issues often come up. So just think about making sure those boundaries are set. We're going to take another break. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We're talking about adult relationships with your parents or siblings. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be right back. Inauguration Day is right around the corner, and Chapter 1 of a new administration is set to begin. As stories take shape, NPR will be here with coverage you can depend on to help you make sense of it all. Listen every day. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. As President Obama makes his farewell address, we are looking back at some of his earliest appearances on NPR in the early 1990s. I'm very interested in uh, figuring out ways to foster dialogue between uh, the private sector and the public sector, between blacks and whites. I'm Kelly McEvers, remembering Barack Obama from the NPR archives, later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about adult relationships with your parents or with your siblings and and how that goes either way. How do you set up boundaries? What what is the best way to have the right kind of relationship and to no longer be treated as a child or um Older parents, how do you feel that you're treated by your adult children? Do you feel like you have the appropriate respect? And do you know how to interact appropriately with that child? Um, We've had several good callers about several different issues. So would love to hear from more of you about that. I know we have some callers um, waiting. Jay, our board's not working very good, very well. Do we have anyone? We're going to have a call here lined up in just a moment. Okay. Um, 
So we were talking about what you do as an adult when you're living with your parents and and what's appropriate as far as being setting up, being able to set up boundaries. And with every single call, it seems that the best thing, uh, the best advice I can give any of you is that open communication. Be respectful to in both ways. And at the same time, set boundaries and let those individuals know um, what you think is appropriate and what you would like and how you would like to be treated and try to have an open dialogue, an open discussion, and also listen to what others are saying so that um, you make sure that you're really hearing what they're they're asking for or what they are stating. Um, I think sometimes we are so busy telling people things, um, we forget to listen. And often, even when we ask a question, we don't listen to the answer. So that that value of having decent uh, listening skills is probably one of the best things you can do when you're trying to have a good relationship with someone. Okay, so we'll go back to the phones now. We have Robert in Meridian. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Dr. Buttress. How are you? It's good, good to hear from you. Yes, and you also. I, I'll try to be quick. That gentleman touched my heart, as did the uh, the lady whose siblings aren't helping. Mm-hmm. But I can't talk about all of them. But his, he is the proverbial uh, person who is between a rock and a hard place. And what he needs is for a fifth party, his wife, he, his son, and the pseudo-wife are the four parties. He needs a fifth party to get his son and his wife alone and to impress upon them that this person that they share in common and obviously both love is having his life chipped away with stress because of their conflict. Mm. And somebody needs to find a way to love him enough to be the to, to initiate the compromise mm. that fifth party if i mean to touch each other in a way that allows them to step far enough outside of themselves and the need for the power and to really love him and make make some kind of move how does that sound it sounds good, Robert, and I certainly um, think that our other listeners um, hear what you were saying. I, I think we had the caller who said you can you can hate the behavior, um, dislike the behavior, but you still need to love the person, and so and and that's what's taught in just about every book of religion. So I think to to remember that. And and I agree with you. That kind of stress chips away at individuals' health and relationships. So you want to try to get that resolved. So, uh, again, I would encourage them to try to work that out. Thanks for your call, Robert. That's, um, that's good advice. Have a good day. You too. Uh, let's go next. We have Linda in Port Gibson. Linda, you have a comment about family order. Yes, I'm, I come from a very large uh, family, uh-huh. and uh, well, 
uh, we gave respect to our older siblings because, uh, you know, while my mother had to work, I mean, it was like the oldest siblings looked after the younger children. Right. And, and to this day, you know, I I give respect to my older siblings, you know. So, Do you feel like, Linda, that they demand respect, or do you feel like that you give them the respect because you believe they deserve it? I give them the respect because they deserve it, and then they give me likewise. That's ab- absolutely the way it should be. So, yes, yeah, sometimes in in large families and birth order, there might be a sibling who is almost as old, uh, um, older than you um, as a parent could be. So um, I know certainly in, in my family, my oldest sister was 16 when my baby sister was born. And so, yeah, she was kind of a surrogate parent as as I was to some degree, uh, you know, helped out with um, helping with my younger siblings. So and often that that love and respect that's that's sort of a cross between that parent and sibling love uh, remains. So I certainly hope I didn't imply that just because birth order is there, it means that something needs to be be um they need to be treated differently and less respected i i certainly agree that you know if that older sibling is loving and respectful then they should continue to be loved and respected back so thanks for your call linda thank you i don't know jay do we have time for the last caller Who's coming in? I'm not uh, sure. We will see. Hang okay. on just a second. Okay. We have um, Mikey from Mobile. and uh, I don't think we're going to have time. Okay. Mikey, why don't you send your, um, your message to us via email at family at mpbonline.org. We would love to hear from you. Um, but our time is about up. We had, I think, a very robust conversation about adult relationships and how things go. Um, I, I wanted to thank all of our callers and and hope that the 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 couple of families who were really still struggling with difficulties got advice that will be helpful. And like I said earlier, I just hope you remember that communication is key in letting people know what you need, um, making sure that you are respectful to those adult children and adult children are respectful to their parents. Um, but that you remember that there have to be boundaries because now that we're all adults, um, we all are able to make our own decisions. Today's show was engineered by our own Jay White. Our call screener today is Alexis Neely, an intern who is with us today. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.
This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Ridge of high pressure sitting over the mid-Atlantic, battling with the area of low pressure sitting over central Kansas. This is creating a tight pressure gradient between these two disturbances, kind of battling for the rights to our weather, but it's increasing the chance of some strong winds. So we're looking at strong southerly winds today that could exceed 40.